Hi, this is Gary and welcome to episode 57 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. You know, one of the major pluses to having an electric car for a lot of people is the ability to refuel from a normal three-pin plug at home. There's no reliance on oil companies having to produce petrol or diesel, trekking to a petrol station to fill up and all the palaver that that entails. Just plug in at home and leave it overnight. Whether you have a relatively small battery like I do and charge off the granny cable, or have a bigger battery and a 7kW home charger, there's nothing like plugging in at night and being fully charged the following day. But lots of EV owners want to go a step further than that. They want to produce their own electricity, and that's what today's show is about. This is the Home Energy episode. It wasn't too long ago that the idea of producing all your own power was something of an expensive pipe dream. Solar panels were fairly leading edge tech with a price tag to match, and things like wind turbines were only useful for topping up power coming in from the grid. But in the last few years, there have been a number of important changes that have pushed the home energy market forward. One, the cost of renewable energy has plummeted, and two, the advent of home storage and associated tech has made home generation much easier. Let's look at the cost of renewable energy first. Six years ago, the main source of energy in the UK was coal. The amount of power being produced by renewable sources was negligible. Then something unexpected started to happen. The cost of producing solar panels dropped very steeply and very quickly. As a result, it became economical to install solar farms in key locations around the country. At the same time, the cost of wind turbines decreased Newer materials made it easier to build bigger and bigger ones, producing more and more energy. Slowly but surely, more and more solar farms came online. They started to feed power into the grid. Places like Scotland incentivised power companies to build huge onshore and offshore wind turbines. This also fed into the grid. Over time, this became cheaper than the other sources, and coal started to diminish as a power source. Now we're in the situation where we've gone for well over a month without burning any coal for power, and that's the longest time since before the Industrial Revolution. This has had something of a knock-on effect with energy companies. Now that renewables are becoming such a large part of the grid, it's opening up the possibility of of time-of-day pricing. Effectively, this means that rather than paying a fixed price for your electricity, the tariff varies depending on the time of day that you're charging. And what this means, for instance, is that if it's a windy night and demand is low, the price for a kilowatt hour of electricity can drop down to zero. That's right, free electricity overnight. In fact, if the supply is really high and demand is low, the price can go negative. Electricity companies will pay you to use electricity at low demand, high supply times. If you're an EV owner, this can mean that you get paid to charge your car overnight. Not just overnight, in May of this year, supply was also high in the daytime due to nice sunshine and fairly strong winds. And as a result, the price went negative during the day. So the increasingly low price of renewables is one factor, and we'll come back to that in a moment. But I want to move on now to the second important change that occurred. New, cheaper tech has come out which makes home generation feasible. We've already mentioned the fact that solar PV panels have dropped in price. This makes it cheaper to add them to your roof, but what's also come into the mix are things such as heat batteries and home storage. We've talked several times on this podcast about Second Life batteries. That is, EV batteries whose state of health has dropped to such a level that they're not fit for continuing power in a car. But what they can do quite successfully is sit in somebody's garage and store electricity for use in the house. But how do you get the electricity into the battery? In several ways. If you have solar panels, you can use a piece of kit called a Zappi, 
where it controls where that energy goes. I'll let a user explain more. Yeah, so we've got a four uh, kilowatt PV photovoltaic solar panels on the roof of my south facing uh, bungalow basically here in Orkney. That's Jonathan Porterfield from ecocars.net. When he was on the show talking about secondhand cars a few weeks ago, I asked him about his home energy setup. And that is coupled up with the Zappi, which as many people know is a brilliant uh, smart charger. And then to heat my hot water, as part of this scheme here uh, called the Smile Project, and long story short, when there's too much renewables on Orkney from wind turbines or tidal turbines or wave machines or solar, there's too much electricity, then the local community-owned turbine on an island called uh, Rousey, which is the west coast of Orkney mainland, that gets turned off. And if that gets turned off or curtailed, is the posh word for it, then the local community do not get the feeding tariff. So in order to keep that turbine turning longer, this Smile project wants to put in some smart EV chargers so they can turn on and off remotely, and also some Sunamp heat batteries, which is just basically a way of replacing your hot water cylinder for your house with these phase change material heat batteries, which are really super efficient. And I've got them wired up to my solar panels. So as we speak now, we had baths and showers last night, washed up this morning. Now the solar is changing or heating the heat batteries ready for the rest of the day. And they'll finish on a day like today, they'll finish about 11 o'clock uh, filling up. So they'll be up to temperature and then it'll automatically switch to plugging in or charging the, uh, the EV I've got plugged into the Zappi. So basically everything that comes off my roof I use myself. At the moment, Jonathan has no home storage, but that doesn't mean he can't take advantage of the solar power or wind turbines he or others have. Jonathan drove a Nissan Leaf until recently, and the car itself is actually a battery on wheels, and using vehicle-to-grid technology, the battery can be charged off solar and used by the grid overnight to balance the load. At the moment, this is a Chadamo-only thing, but there is a company in Utrecht, Holland, testing Type 2 vehicle-to-grid on Renault Zoe's, and BMW recently announced CCS vehicle-to-grid with their cars. So let's put all this together. If you have solar panels, a Zappi, vehicle-to-grid or storage batteries, and time-of-day tariff, it's extremely feasible to run your household, power, cooking, and hot water without taking anything from the grid. If the time is right, you can use plunge pricing on the time-of-day tariff to fill your batteries overnight if needed. Now, of course, there is a cost to this. With solar panels, a Zappi, Sunamp heat batteries, etc., it can all add up. But there are ways to reduce the cost. Uh, so it was a second-hand PV system off, I bought off Facebook about two and a half years ago. Uh, I bought it for £2,000, fitted it myself with a local builder. I've got a local electrician who bought a leaf off me. He helped me wire it up. So wasn't interested and not interested in the feeding tariff. Well, it's now ended. Um, I just want to make my own fuel. And there's nothing nicer than making your own fuel. In future plans, I want to double the size and get some battery storage. The other thing to remember is that you're using solar instead of fossil fuel. So the £2,000 per year that you used to spend on petrol to commute to work and back is now effectively being used to write down your home energy installation cost. By that I mean if you look at the investment as replacing the money you used to pay for electricity in your home, 
it might take 25 years to pay back. But if you look at it as replacing electricity in your home and the money you used to pay for petrol in your car, the return on investment is a lot shorter. The thing is with Orkney, since 2013, over 100% of our electrical electricity needs for the whole island, over 100%, has all come from renewables. So we make too much. So I think last year it was something like 122%. So the cable in the sea between here and Caithness or John O'Groats, top of Scotland, the cable's not fat enough to export it to the mainland. So we're constrained. No one wants to pay for this cable, which will cost billions. So we're looking at smarter ways of storing the excess energy we make here on Orkney and using it later. So there's lots of exciting projects in the pipeline. But it's all well and good paying a big chunk of change to add all this to your home when you get an EV. What we need in the country, and indeed around the world, is some joined up thinking when it comes to building houses. It's so much cheaper to install solar panels, a heat pump, heat batteries and a vehicle charger when the home is being built than it is to retrospectively fit them to a house that was constructed 5, 10 or 15 years ago. The economies of scale for mass purchasing and installation mean that these things can be incorporated into a new development at a marginal cost. All that's missing is the joined up thinking to do it. I can't say too much, but I'm involved with a project called Reflex. Uh, we're looking to get an extra 600 EVs up onto Orkney. So we could have just over a thousand EVs, hopefully by this time next year, which again, all plugged in, can help offset that excess of electricity and also feed it back into the grid when it's not windy, which is very rare up here, to be honest. Well, the area I live in is going through a period of mass development. There are new housing estates, or subdivisions, as our US friends call them, popping up all over the place. So far, only one of them has added solar PV as standard to all dwellings. However, the standard fitting appeared to be just four panels, 400 watts, with no storage and no heat pump. It makes you wonder what the solar PV is doing. Heating water? So to wrap this up, if you have an EV and off-street parking, it's now completely feasible to add solar panels, or a wind turbine, a heat pump, heat batteries, and a controller coupled with a time-of-day tarry to effectively run your car and home off the sun and wind. It's time for a cool thing for our listeners. Staying with the home energy theme, I'm highlighting a company called Ripple Energy. They build wind turbines, but they use community funding to do it. Basically, you buy a share in the wind turbine, and that share entitles you to renewable energy from that turbine. The good news is it's transferable, and you don't need an EV or off-street parking, etc. to take advantage. Check out Ripple Energy, the link is in the show notes. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, use the EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon worldwide for the measly sum of 99p equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. And at the moment, it's free on the Kindle Unlimited or if you're in the Kindle Lending Library. Check it out. Leave a review. Let me know what you think about it. Links for everything I've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise our visibility and extend our reach in search engines. Thanks as always to my program's co-founder, Simon. You know, he's taken his YouTube channel in a different direction. 
he's looking at moving up to the Scottish islands and focusing on overweight EV drivers up there. He has a problem with the internet, though. So the cable in the sea between here and Caithness or John O'Groats, top of Scotland, the cable's not fat enough to export it to the mainland. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.